Hello, I'm Maddie Purcell, host of The Rising Podcast, and in this episode, I got to sit down with the captains of Fortland Rising, Kate Powers, Alex Odie, and Caitlin O'Connell. We recorded this conversation at the end of October 2020, and in it, we talk about the very beginning of Fortland Rising, the Rising Player Council, initial tryouts, the team coming together, and then the scramble to figure out how do we continue being a team virtually. The captains talk about what leadership means to them and their focus on connection as the core part of their role. And we talk about the biggest challenges ahead as we moved through what we called Rising Phase 2 and towards taking the field again, as well as celebrating some of the best moments of Rising so far. couple caveats before we get started. One is that Odie's audio is hilariously glitchy at times. It does get better for most of the conversation, and we thought what they were saying was really important, so... Hopefully you can understand and just laugh along with the robotic sounds coming across the recording. Um, There's a little bit of swearing, and we also use two gender terms that we no longer use as a team. One is the term Women X, and the other is calling ourselves a professional women's sports team. We now identify as a professional sports team and no longer use the term Women X. We don't um, group all the members of our team under one gender umbrella anymore. Um, I want to give you a heads up. I did a poor transition um, in around minute 32 into mentioning the murder of George Floyd, and um, I think it could be a little jarring, so, um, you know, maybe this is doing the same thing, but want to give you the information in case that conversation is not welcome right now. And um, also wanted to give credit for a term we talk about, perfectionism being the tool of white supremacy. I initially learned that concept from Dr. Tema Okun uh, via Hannah Baranis, so want to credit that. And with that, um, you know, enjoy this conversation with some of the people who really have done a lot to build rising and keep rising moving forward and towards where we are now. K-Pow, Odie, and Caitlin. Enjoy. Rising's captains, Caitlin O'Connell, Alex Odie, and Kate Powers. And uh, it's the end of October 2020 um, in a strange year. Um, And I mean, it's been a very strange time to have a first season, but a huge uh, success and thing that, you know, amid all the craziness, we didn't know if we could do it or not. And we did, or really you did, is the fact that Rising as a team exists right now. Like, we had barely gotten started, and um, now here we are, and Rising is stronger than it was then, and there's been a lot that's happened along the way. Um, but I want to start with, take me back to the shutdown in March and the early stages of transitioning to a virtual existence amid all the uncertainty this spring. What was that period like for you as leaders? Damn. it was such a I mean my primary recollection was the like perpetual scramble feeling for the first like two months of just like trying to figure out like what are the needs how do we feel like what are the needs of our team and our teammates like how do we fill them like how do we deal with different needs and different desires and just like it was just scramble town for like a while and that I think is the most like salient part of the the initial like thing shut down and pretty quickly thereafter we were like on the phone often being like what are we gonna do how how do we want to do this um so yeah I mean I guess to be fair too some like just mourning and sadness like happened first probably and then scramble began are we not still scrambling (laughs) 
sometimes I feel like the scramble never ended. I mean, I think maybe come like July, as we started thinking about phase two and getting out language about re-signing contracts and like opting in or whatever. Um, to me, that's when things sort of settled and, and it felt like we have since then fallen into a really good rhythm. Buddy, homie, it's impossible to understand you. You're breaking and, up like opinion, a robot. Months. <laughs> Any better? Yeah, give it a try. Rewind. No, it, it wasn't really that important. I just was saying that to me, the scramble lasted like probably until July when we started talking about phase two. And I think since then, we it feels to me like we've fallen into a good steady rhythm. But to echo KP's scramble point, I agree that we were scrambling and it felt like it lasted for months. And I think the other thing that to me really sticks out from March in particular was very early on as we started to understand COVID and the effects that it might have and that the impact was going to be much larger than perhaps we were prepared for, it felt like no one was ready to let go of rising. Like both from the leadership and I felt serious energy from the team around like but wait this this is something that we are really excited about and we're not ready to let go of and that led into weekly team time pretty much immediately and hence the scrambling of trying to figure out how to continue to be a team over zoom especially when we had we had had such so little time together on the field and like time to figure out who we were as a team to have to do so much of that remotely um but yeah I think that really stuck out to me it was just like how much energy and enthusiasm there was and how unwilling the team at large was to let go of the idea of rising and that promise even if things were going to be really different Caitlin was the scramble one of your main feelings associated with that time too it was present. <laughs> um, I think rising was one of the final things in my life at that time to um, be directly impacted by COVID. So it was like, I was in school at the time and school had shut down. I, maybe that was the biggest thing, but um, kind of saw this trajectory of things closing. And I was like, kind of expecting that to be an inevitability with rising as well um and so when it did come I I don't think I felt that like mourning period in that moment it was just like this is what life is like and no one has no idea what the hell's going on and it was just another piece of that um and to me there was this energy leading into it there was this um idea of rising being something bigger than an ultimate team before we even got to this point and so that kind of buoyed me into that initial phase of like, if we can't play Frisbee, that sucks. But we have, we've had opportunities to build this foundation of a team. We've had things that we're looking forward to and framing it in the mindset of like, this is an opportunity to focus on those things um, without Frisbee distracting us <laughs> as much as I would want to be playing Frisbee. Um, I think the... Um, that transition wasn't smooth necessarily. There was just a lot of moving parts in every one of our lives and just like figuring out um, responding right away was hard. Um, and I think I'm kind of like a act first, feel later person. And I don't think I felt the like, actually I remember very much the time that I felt the feel was a conversation that we had. I don't even know what time it was, but um, that was the first time I think I had considered the idea of like, will rising fizzle? And I think I broke down crying on that leadership call of just like, no, no, no. Um, but that hadn't crossed my mind up until that point. And just like building off this foundation that we had as a team was enough to like buoy this energy and momentum forward. Um, even in like really weird times, um, so that immediate transition in March was like kind of on par for the course for life and the unknowns of life at that time. And um, yeah, weird, but 
nothing we can do about it. <laughs> I remember thinking at that time too, like uh, both Chloe and I, um, from the management perspective, were watching COVID happening in other parts of the world and recognizing that there was becoming a higher and higher chance that it would be severely affecting our season here. Um, but then the speed with which it happened uh, was something that I don't think, you know, anyone in our realm had planned for. Um, and I, I mean, honestly, I'm not sure what the team and roster experience would have been like without you three um, doing a lot of scrambling to make things happen and then keep making them happen as we all started processing. Um, and so I want to zoom back even farther for a second to recognize that you three were all part of the Rising Player Council, um, which was the group of five players who were um, signed to the team before uh, we had our open tryout process to form the first roster and were in charge of, uh, you know, representing what Rising could be and would be from the player perspective, but also creating that and starting to define what the team would look like and what it meant to be a player on Rising. Um, and so, you know, apart from this huge, you know, goblin of the pandemic and not getting to play this year, talk to me about your early vision for Rising and what it meant to be a Rising player and how that's lined up with where Rising is now here in October. Have there been any surprises or have there been parts of the beginning process that you feel like served us particularly well in successfully getting to here? I can start with some things coming to mind. Um, I think one thing from the very early stages of rising that felt really exciting to me was having this blank slate to start from and having like joining a professional league and knowing that this is the standard for the ultimate side of things and knowing that was going to be like fire awesome. And then like that level's already set for the ultimate side of things. And then the chance to build a team culture from the bottom up and like put um, identify those values that we wanted to bring. And I know we've like among leadership and later among the team had a lot of conversations about what those values are and how they look on this team. Um, and so I think with that mindset kind of early on, a, one of the, strong themes to emerge from for me was this idea of a team that's um like constantly uplifting each other and um this environment that people can show up as they are and know that their team is behind them 100 percent, and just individuals uplifting individuals and this like ripple effect to this team of women x players who just are elevating the sport and elevating each other um, at the same time. And that has been something that it's, it's shown up in very different ways since there is no ultimate as that shared experience, but um, things along the way through pandemic times that have still embodied that have been really great to see of just um, Maddie, I think you started the shine theory channel in slack but just like people spotlighting people that are doing great things in whether it's related to ultimate or not or just this um this feeling that there's not a competitive energy in a negative sense on the team but this um just like everyone's in everyone's corner and i think that was a value that was established pretty early on that we're still seeing um in this phase that we're in yeah i mean I think Caitlin just articulated that really well, which is part of my hesitation to go on. Um, I think the only other thing I've been thinking about is just like how there was such like an attitude at the beginning of like this, it just like felt like everyone who was a part of it at whichever phase they came in was like, this is fucking special. And like that kind of like internal hype about what we were doing, I think has like, been a big part of continuing to motor through some of the like harder versions of being an athletic team aka like being a virtual team, <laughs> sports team um and yeah I think that like kind of energy it wasn't like taking ourselves too seriously but like we are like 
actually the first women's professional sports team in Maine. Like, that's so cool. Like, we, this matters. Like, let's set a great example. Let's be inspiring. Let's, you know, like all these things that felt like kind of larger than life to me when I first, like, kind of got, I don't know, acquainted with rising. Um, have like I think helped all of us like really want to stay connected to that thing that we were like building and and growing so yeah I don't know I think that's been part of it for me as well word yeah I feel like something I've been thinking about is because we had so little time actually on the field together that a lot of those early days of rising like especially tryouts and all the time in that period actually was a huge part of the overall in-person team experience and I know that we said at tryouts like everyone that comes to tryouts is part of rising and it really did feel that way and looking like reflecting back it was more and more that way of like from the very first day like when I think back to what it felt like to play with rising that is that is a big piece of the experience and I think that that's I don't know. I love our small team that we ended up with. And also I love the memory of playing with people that I had never met before or people that I had heard of, but that played in a different division or whatever. Like, I think we didn't know at the time what percentage of our playing time together this season was going to be spent in those tryouts. And it ended up being far greater than we expected. And I think that that actually lends itself to some like pretty interesting dynamics kind of down the road and like thinking about the formation of the team and then a totally unrelated thought um I just do y'all remember the first night that the player council and the owners and the coaches all came together I think we were at Caitlin's house and it was like we didn't know each other like everyone knew some of the other people but like I definitely didn't know everyone um and just like coming into that room and feeling the energy in there and then having a meeting that rolled into like trying to come up with team assignments and figuring out a system with like different colors and shapes and like how to deal with having what a hundred players in a tiny dome and like how do we deal with space and how do we I don't know it just like I think that night I still feel the excitement of that night you know coming up on a year later almost um, and I have very fond memories of that I think I also tap into that time when I'm feeling like I need motivation or need help reconnecting with rising. I'm just like, it came from a very real place of excitement and creativity and joy, I think. And that to me continues to live on. So remember we didn't know each other, Odie? Yeah. And I totally thought you were like way older than you were. (laughs) (laughs) Like much older. I don't know, definitely older than me. (laughs) And then I found out that K-Pow is just some chumpy kid. (laughs) And I feel like from that point on, I started giving you way more shit. (laughs) (laughs) I went from, like, being afraid of you to be like, I got to put her in her place. (laughs) (laughs) Got to make sure that she knows she's only 25. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Zooming ahead to today, literally, because we live on Zoom now, um... So we uh, had the shutdown at that point. um, We had just, like, players had done a contract signing event. We'd had the retreat. We'd had, I think, four practices. um, And we had about five weeks until opening day. Um, And then everything changed very quickly. And we got into a a rhythm of scrambling uh, virtually and connecting and figuring out what that looked like with the intention of moving towards playing It wasn't going to be at our planned season of the April to June period, but um, we were seeing if we could play in the fall, if we could do some sort of alternative competitive professional playing level. And with the way the pandemic has progressed, it hasn't been in the cards. So once we realized that we took a, we took a break, uh, U3 through a phase one celebration and uh, took rising vacation. And then we started phase two, which is, what we are in now. Um, and so as captains, uh, what is your focus right now and why? And let's start with Caitlin. I think both in individual and collective conversations that we've had as captains, um, when we were trying to land on our 
priorities in phase two. Something that uh, kept coming up readily was the idea of connection. Um, just knowing that that it like the the Zoom world and being in different places at this point, people had gone home to either home or just taking the time to travel to a different place or just people are all over the map. Um, so physically and mentally, emotionally, everything, people are in very different places. Um, and the role or like, how do we be captains when our initial concept of being a captain involved a lot of Frisbee? <laughs> um, but going back to being this, a bridge and a point of connection for people on the team to have an accurate gauge of where the team's at and what their wants and needs are. And how can we bring that to what shape the team is taking or what activities the team is doing or what focus the team is taking that is a true reflection of our players um, has been that emerged very quickly as a priority of what we wanted to be doing. Um, I think even with that emerging, it comes with its challenges of seeing that out fully. Um, and just like connecting is hard in this time and not everyone loves connecting virtually and looking at screens all day. And it's, um, it comes with its challenges, but I would say um, top priority, both personally and like as in a role of a captain feels like staying connected to the players on the team. In terms of connection, that can obviously take different forms for different people's needs. Um, are Do you three feel like you're a united captain uh, entity that is just working on maintaining that connection across the board? Or are there different ways that the three of you engage depending on what other players need or what seems right at the time? I think, I mean, something that we talked about going into phase two was like, while we had that sort of very shared core desire and like sort of vision of what it meant to be a captain we also like in that same conversation or like just one phone conversation I'm remembering in particular we also just talked about the fact that like we each have different strengths and like different things make us feel excited and that going into phase two we wanted to sort of put an emphasis on each of us doing the things that like make us excited or like make us feel engaged and passionate about something within rising and so I think like the form that that has taken for each of us has been different so like whether it's sort of more of the individual reaching out or like I'm like really happy to be leading feelings time like that feels like the like type of captaining that I really like to do is like be there for my teammates and like allow people space to like you know be vulnerable and talk about things that like aren't going that well for them or share with each other and get to celebrate things that are like having that kind of space is like something that I wanted to be doing. So like, that's how I've moved in phase two is like trying to do more of the things that I want to be doing. And I think it's united in that we're like all sort of supporting each other doing that and like check back in with each other and all of that. But like, I do feel like more so in phase two, there's been more like, let's each do like, the things we want to be doing and those things might be different and that's okay. Odie, what's been your experience of phase two captaining and working on uh, prioritizing connection on the team? Yeah. I mean, I think it has been really wonderful for the three of us to sit down and really pull apart the pieces of where we're each coming from and what we want to give and what we want to get out of this point in time with rising and, to me, it felt very grounding to realize pretty quickly that connection with teammates was the thing that motivated all three of us in a pretty major way. Um, that feels like a really solid thing to unite behind. Um, I think my spin on that has just been kind of like trying to hype and appreciate people. Like we have so many totally incredible women X players and coaches and leaders on this team. And I think it's easy in the blur of a normal Frisbee season to sort of like miss the opportunities to appreciate one another or to like slow down and really get to know the people around us. And I don't know. It's just like, 
every every time that we come together as a team, it's an opt-in situation. Like no one has to be there. All bets are off. Like who knows if we'll, we're ever gonna get to play frisbee as rising together. Like everything feels so uncertain for the future, and so every time we come together, to me, it feels like a gift and there are people that are putting in work to make those team spaces happen. And I don't know, I just, it's so cool to see all of the various ideas that people are coming up with. I feel like we've had such a diversity of team time experience and we've, we've all kind of joked about this as captains, like every time after team time, we're like, Oh, that was awesome. Like, let's do that again next time. Like that's the best idea we've had yet or that like this group has had yet or whatever. And then the next time we do something totally different and it's awesome too. It's just like, I don't know. There's so, there's so much good out there on this team. And I think it's been positive for me to just immerse myself in that and try to actively appreciate people and see the work and buy-in that every individual on this team is bringing right now. And that makes me feel like very fired up and connected to this group of awesome people. Odie, you are teeing us up right now. I think you hit on all three of the other things I want to make sure we talk about today. Um, one of which uh, is just team time in general. Um, can you, or maybe each of you tell me a, a team time moment or a team time subject that meant something to you or, you, you know, was, a, um, was an important part of this virtual season we have going on here? I think maybe just because it's the team time I put the most just sheer number of hours into. Although there have been a lot of PowerPoints. I've made a lot of PowerPoints and I've enjoyed all of them. But the one that stands out in particular was uh, Josie and my trivia game. That was just like so fun to make because it was like probably a 12-hour project. But I was just like learning about my teammates, both by like creeping on their Facebooks and cropping pictures of their smiles to play Who Smiled This? And like, <laughs> I got a bunch of people to send me uh, like two truths and a lie about them. So I like was, it was just like a really fun way to like both feel like I was giving something to the team because I knew that we would, you know, spend a team time doing this. And that like something that people were craving in that particular moment was like just connecting off more authentically. Um but also just like my own process of making it was just like made me feel like, I don't know, just like very aware of all of the individuals on our team and like their smiles and their <laughs> fun facts and all these other things. Um, and that was like a super just enjoyable use of our time together for me, even though it was just kind of silly. I will say every team survey that's gone out since then, when it's like, what do you want to see more of? There's always at least a few more trivia. <laughs> So, <laughs> highlight. <laughs> What's one of yours, Caitlin? No, when you ask your highlight, but just something from a team time that you could share with us. When you asked that question, the first team time to come to mind for me was the one immediately after, like when we started phase two again. Um, so we had phase one had ended. We took a few weeks and then came back uh, for phase two. And prior to then. Um, our rhythm that we fell into for team time was to have like a quick whip around question in the beginning of just like one word or a sentence or something that was, that got every voice in the room some way, but quickly usually just so we could get onto the content of what the plan was. Um, but that team time, I remember thinking um, when we were planning it of like, let's have a fuller check-in of just updates and like up to a minute or whatever, however people take it um, and just get a glimpse of what the off time has been like for people um, that go around that it stuck with me for a while since then of just like people sharing kind of open-endedly what has been going on in their lives. And it felt like a str really strong moment of connection for me with that team. And I think, uh, I don't remember what else was on the agenda for that, but if the list was like this long after that happened, we're like, we'll get rid of this. Get okay. We'll just do this. But it was like in that moment, it was, that was what was important. And that was um, what felt really authentic and genuine to just um, have that space and hear everyone's voice for a more extended amount of time. And um, that was, that was a highlight for me. 
we are also frisbee players and that first time that we uh watched film i remember just like sitting at my computer and listening to like i can't remember like moose describing something like because each person like kind of talked through a section of it and i was just like this is so cool like i'm just everybody on this call knows more about ultimate than i do (laughs) in like a really positive way just like everybody here loves this sport and knows this sport and like it's so cool to just be like surrounded by people who bring bring that to the table and like share that passion and have all that knowledge it was just like this is awesome oh is there a team time moment topic subject that you'd uh want to tell us about oh gosh uh I have three in addition to the, I think, three that Kate and Kate already shared, which I support. Um, I mean, really all of them. But uh, Hannah Hankin led a team time about throwing and had this insanely dense PowerPoint just going over, like, so many specifics and nuances of throwing and breaking the mark. And it just, like, I've nerded out with Hank a lot over Frisbee, and she has actually, we have done a lot of work together sort of one-on-one for Frisbee skills, and still it blew me away just, like, how much knowledge she possesses. And that team time, I'm pretty sure, ran over time because we couldn't get, we didn't even get to, like, half the content that Hank had created um, to share with the team. And I think that kind of goes along with, like, Kpow was saying about when all of our teammates were narrating part of a film session of just like there is so much knowledge on this team and it's so cool and exciting when we share it um so that was one of them that I got super hype on also outreach co put together this amazing powerpoint about how to contact your representatives and be more politically involved and I think for me broke down at least some of the knowledge barriers around that and um, super informative and just, I think, pretty different from what a lot of our team time has been, but was very responsive to a lot of the chatter that's been happening on the team Slack about people wanting to be more engaged and take concrete action. Um, I felt like they took that and ran with it in a way that was exciting and productive. And it's not technically team time, but I love feelings time. I think there's a lot of feelers on this team and it's nice to be able to just come together and just share openly like what what we're going through, what we're thinking about, what questions we have or insecurities or whatever and just like create this safe space as well as we can over Zoom. Um, and that's been facilitated by Kate Powers and I don't know. It's that's I think that's a really special space as well really quick not sleep on hank's excel sheet too that went with the not only was the powerpoint insane but there is like an excel file for each of us to like do our own like needs assessment of our like skills with breaking the mark pretty much and it was like just incredibly well thought out and like helped me think about what throws i would even like maybe possibly want to learn that i like didn't even know existed it was insane and to be clear, it went over because teammates were like, wait, I have this question. Wait, I have this. Like people, it went over because people were still like, give me more, give me more. Not because Hank was like, oh, let me fit in one more thing. It was like people were hungry for that and were asking for, for sure. it. And that was really cool. Hi, my name is Evie Clement, number 12 on Portland Rising. And my birthday raffle was in support of Maine Access Points, which is an organization that provides life-saving harm reduction services to people and communities in Maine. And this past school year, I was part of a fellowship learning about drug policy in Maine and issues that are impacting our recovery community. So I was really excited for the opportunity to support Maine Access Points, their values, and, and all the work that they do. So... For anyone who may be interested, they do have a website. It's just mainaccesspoints.org. And on that website, you can donate, buy merch, and learn more about the wonderful work that they do. Um, So we've had a lot of adjustments within Rising and a lot of team times and feelings times and spaces to reflect that. Um, One other one I wanted to 
touch on Odie uh, as one, and actually I think Kate maybe also did some facilitation um, after the murder of George Floyd in a team time for Rising to begin expressly grappling with issues of racism and, um, you know, who we are as a team and what it means to be living in this culture and society. Um, and uh, it's definitely something that is a work in progress and should have been started earlier um, with the ways that we started creating the team um, and our, you know, our focus on gender and gender equity and um, who was being represented on the pro sports field. Um, and so, so grateful to have realized that that doesn't really um, matter if we're not doing explicit equity work across all areas of injustice, um, prioritizing race, racial injustice. Um, but Odie, I wonder if you would speak to that just for a moment. Um, I remember you were holding space towards the end of that uh, team time in late May um, and uh, using your experience as a leader and facilitator in sort of a different um, way than we had brought to team time before. Gosh, yeah, uh, I can try to speak to that. Um, yeah, I think the rising leadership as a whole came together and it was very clear that we wanted to create space within rising to talk about what's happening in our country and what has been happening and the injustices that are everywhere and that have impacted us or that we've benefited from or whatever our experiences and um I think none of us really felt up for the task because you want to, you want to do it right. You know, you, or at least like I felt a lot of pressure to create space in a way that was going to feel safe for all of my teammates without really knowing the specific experiences that each of them had had um, and without allowing for us to continue to perpetuate injustices within our own culture. Uh, and I am fortunate enough to have a facilitation training workshop to do, um, which I think was, I definitely leaned on when trying to create space within Rising. Um, but I think, I think a big part of me, a big part for me in helping facilitate that space was just accepting the fact that I would not do it perfectly and that that was okay and that we were just going to try and if things didn't go well that we would continue to work on them and continue to discuss them as a team and that it just felt really important to name what was going on in the larger world and the ways that it affects us and the ways that we have participated in systems of inequality and just and just kind of sit with it. Um, so it was very much just the first step. I think there's been a lot of energy within Rising about doing more. And um, Equity Committee, I think, put together a pretty awesome jersey release where everyone uh, taped phrases to the back of their jerseys over their names, um, inspired by... NBA and WNBA, I believe. Um, so there's been there's been a lot more efforts in that as well beyond that initial one. But I think I was glad that Rising was interested in creating that space together. That felt really important to me. Yeah, I think it was you, Maddie, who said something to the effect of like perfectionist to all of us when we were like, all right, how do we want to like you know bring this conversation um, and like bring talking about racism to rising and you were like perfectionist I think you had heard about this or something but it like just really stuck with me you were, said something to the effect of perfectionism is like a tool of white supremacy is like a way of being avoidant and staying safe and comfortable and I feel like we have really tried to work against that instinct um, and just like going off what Odie said too I think you know that initial moment of holding space and processing what was going on I think was really important um and also like I think we all knew that that wouldn't you know wasn't enough by any means and so I think it's been interesting to see the different levels 
at which Rising has tried to continue to engage in, you know, both talking about racism and talking about anti-racism. And so, like, having the space to kind of process current events um, and, like, process the particular instances of racial injustice paired with then, you know, we, I think, kind of Caitlin and I led a training about, like, within the team, like, Uh, interrupting for justice is what we called it but kind of like when things are said or happen that perpetuate racism and or sort of some other kind of hurt generally related to identity like how are we going to respond and like uphold our values as a community so like seeing that happen and then seeing equity committee um I mean partly because I'm in it like I just have a sense of some of the things that are brewing that are a little bit more about like kind of exposing our team or many of us maybe have already been exposed, but like to engaging with the larger systemic level and like understanding um, sort of uh, current and historical like systemic uh, approach to understanding racism. So like kind of seeing those different levels unfold over time has been interesting and like trying to do our best to keep, keep going and know that there are always like more, ways that we could be engaging with this stuff. So as we move forward um, through phase two and um, as we work towards getting back onto the field again, um, as captains, what do you see as one of the bigger challenges in front of us? Or what's a question you have about how Rising moves forward and continues to grow and improve? Rise, if you will. One thing to come to mind for me is... um... Like there's a word or a phrase that would say this more succinctly than I probably will, like a unified progression towards something. Um, I think one thing that has become evident um, since things have closed down is that people have varying priorities in their lives at any given time that require energy and time and thought and presence. Um, And sometimes that might be rising. Sometimes that might be another matter in life entirely. Um, and along that line, people have are just in different places of um, like training and being ready emotionally to think about Frisbee or not, or there's this whole spectrum. Um, I think that the team is on and people move fluidly on that spectrum. Um, and the idea of being a unified team and working towards something together that the fact that people are in so many different places makes it hard from my perspective to um, feel like anything is meeting everyone's needs. Um, And anything is like, Oh yeah, this would be the right thing to do for the team because there are so many varying needs and wants and um, priority, like where rising falls on, someone's priority list right now um so I think to me that feels like a really big challenge going forward of um how to continue this being a a want to and like no matter where people are at that people can say yes I'm buying into this part and wanting to be a part of this part actively but how to do that among a group who are in very many different places Odie or Kate other challenges or questions that are on your mind as we move through phase two? I think I would just add like tolerance of uncertainty or for uncertainty. It's like not a huge general skill set of human beings, I think. Um, And so I think as that translates to rising, like very much related to what Caitlin was just saying, the kind of like not knowing our timetable, not knowing what will be possible in six months, in a year, in two years, makes that, like, unified build where, like, people can be on the same page, like, an extra level of difficult, of just, like, not knowing sort of how to, like, time things out in the way that, like, most athletes are sort of accustomed to with there being a regular, like, preseason, season, off-season progression. Um, And... Yeah, just, like, not knowing how those things will fit and how each of those, like, intersect with everyone's complicated lives, as Caitlin was talking about. It's just, like, 
a tough reality to grapple with and like try to um have a sense of like you know it will be what it'll be the uncertainty and folks being in different places with different needs both of those really resonate with me it's just sort of like which I think is how I feel outside of rising as well like the day-to-day is okay and often actually good but like what about beyond that am I building towards anything what are we as a team building towards do we have a future together what does it look like what are our goals is it possible to have goals you know and I think so far we've done a good job of sitting with that uncertainty and persevering in the face of it and I wonder if that has an expiration date and I I don't know so yeah I think just a lot of uncertainty and also a lot of gratitude for where we've been and where we find ourselves now in spite of everything well I have a lot of gratitude to the three of you for the way that you have led this baby program through all this uncertainty to where we are now and um the recognition that it's the uncertainty isn't over yet but uh there I think it'll be hard for people outside of rising to understand the magnitude of like the administrative load you took on and the uh expansion of role of captain uh in a very difficult framework for everybody so um, I have one final question for you today, um, and uh, no requirements on it, but uh, in what is, what's been one of the most, like, this is rising moments for you so far from any part of the spectrum that you've been involved with? Dude, honestly, the energy in the room at the first tryout was insane. It was insane. Like, Obviously, we've evolved immensely since, but, like, that was of just, like, because knowing that there were a hundred plus people there, meaning, like, that was, we were aware that that was the community, not just, like, the team that would be taking the field, necessarily, like, just numbers-wise, right? And, like, there was just this feeling of, like, people are, like, buying into this community, and I feel like that's just, like, to me, that's rising. And like that was so there that day. Yeah, there's a lot to choose from. I definitely echo the energy at tryouts. It was just so loud. And it was fascinating. Rising was largely undefined at that point. And yet it felt like everyone that showed up got it. Like it felt like there was a shared sense of what we were trying to do and everyone being a part of that. Yeah, that was definitely a formative moment, especially right at the beginning of the season. I think also the retreat was really incredible. I mean, we were in this beautiful, snowy, domey building in rural Maine, and all just kind of packed in there. Like, it wasn't particularly large. We didn't really know each other that well, but everyone was just stoked to be there. And I think the weekend was a really wonderful mix of like just loose fun social time with hours of human not (laughs) uh mixed in with some pretty serious conversation about team culture and about how to deal with challenges that we could already see coming up down the line and just everyone's willingness to engage with sort of that full spectrum throughout a full weekend I think was really amazing especially I've never been at a team retreat where you don't play frisbee Uh, but we we didn't have any sports time during that weekend which was definitely a challenge but I think was a welcome challenge and definitely forced us into like spending more time to get together and getting to know each other as individuals and having meaningful conversation so I think that was another like really exciting moment where I felt like I really glimpsed what rising was Cody what do you mean no sports time I played like so much no spike ball are you telling me that that's not a sport Ooh, I disagree. I'll get back to you on that one KP <laughs> I would those both are really good ones um and two that were toying on and around in my mind too I think a specific moment of the retreat that stood out to me was like the the closing circle so we had to check out and then we moved locations and then we came back like this kind of 
people in different cars. Who's going in my car? I don't have a buddy. And then we all leave and to then be in like a brewery that was pretty loud. And then that final circle at the end, we're like, let's just go outside and share um, like shout outs to people around the circle um, following that. I think that was, that added a glimpse to me for the connections that were forged during that retreat that weren't readily evident to someone as not an outsider, but not as someone who was intimately involved with every part of the retreat, you know, everyone did their own thing and came together at different times. But the like shout out circle at the end was like, Oh, these people had this really great connection over this thing that I had no idea because I wasn't even like part of that conversation or in that same space or whatever. Um, So it was cool to hear iterations of um, connections that were forged during the retreat. Something more recent, to me to also come to mind was um, the idea of presenting phase two as an opt-in opportunity for the team, recognizing that everything is different than how we came into this expecting it. And the response from that of volume of folks who were like ready to continue to engage and stay involved. And also like this, the, this is rising being like, this is an option and like even creating that, space to um opt in and buy in going forward um that felt true to what we wanted to be as an organization and um grateful for people judging that within themselves and making decisions that felt authentic or whatnot and to move forward in a way of we're not fizzling (laughs) it's also nice we're not fizzling that's a cheer waiting to happen (laughs) Thank you three so much. Um, you have just all been such an enormous part of creating Rising and then like creating it again and creating it again. And I'm sure it probably hasn't been for the last time since we haven't even gotten to compete yet. So um, cannot wait for the day that we are doing that. But in the meantime, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thanks, Maddie.